Hello and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone and welcome to another podcast episode with me, Gail, from Sober Bliss. And today I'm so happy and delighted because I'm welcoming a lovely guest all the way from the US joining me today. And his name is Alex. Alex Bales is a personal trainer turned transformational coach who helps people effortlessly evolve from personal trauma and addiction to health and joy. Welcome, Alex. It's lovely to have you here. Yes. Hello, Gail. Um, thank you so much for having me today. I, I'm honored. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. And I love what you're doing. I think it's it's very honorable. And um, the more lives you can you can touch and the more you can, the more positivity you can spread around the, our message of sobriety. I think that that's a, that's a great mission to be on. So thank you again. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, you and I had a lovely chat last week. Um, about what we're going to talk about today and I just know that my listeners will really like your message as well because we're both about positivity and upliftingness if that's the word um because there is this kind of stigma around sobriety sometimes it gets a bad reputation Mm -hmm. um people think it's difficult it's boring it's dull um you know, which it can be in time at times, but overall, my experience and your experience hasn't been that at all, quite the opposite, in fact. So yeah, if our conversation today can help people see the joys of sobriety, then, you know, it's, it's going to be so exciting. So do you want to start right back at the beginning because you've been sober for what two years now you said yeah two years and then there were two eight month um spans before that where i was sober as well and then i found on the third try i've really nailed it down yeah yeah i think it's important to to stress that as well you know it's not the end of the world if you don't get sober straight away Right. you know yeah. never never give up because because you will get there yeah absolutely absolutely and a lot of a lot of like sobriety is is just um or getting sober in my opinion is about like giving yourself permission um to just be authentic about who you are and to actually like try and, and to put yourself out there and to be vulnerable and and to give it a shot because it's going to be uncomfortable so like giving yourself permission just to fail and to and to put yourself out there is like, that's step one, in my opinion, before you even figure out, you know, the roots of all the issues as to why you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's when we remove the alcohol, no matter how long it might be for this particular moment, it's only then can you begin to deal with what's going on underneath. 
And that's my experience. And I think that was your experience as well. Um, so yeah, go ahead and tell us a little bit about kind of your back story. Yeah, sure. So I'll try and make this. I've got a, a pretty long story, but I'll, I'll try and make it as concise as I can. So uh, very sensitive kid growing up. I used to like cry when I would go to school and I would have to go like and see the social worker and I never really fit in socially. Um, and so that kind of created a little bit of a, a problem growing up. That being said, um, I found out at a very young age that I was gifted athletically. So I took the sports really well. I was a three sport athlete, um, which eventually turned to two. When I got into high school, I um, very early on was being looked at um, by some very high level colleges for sports. But later on in high school, I came across a coach who actually later got fired for being like verbally and emotionally um, abusive to the athletes. Mm -hmm. And I was somebody who had to deal with this individual. So this was actually both a football coach and my baseball coach. So I'm dealing with this person oh. in, in two sports. Um, so I really can't escape. And so in reflection, looking back, you know, I was in a, in full on apathy and depression, but when we're like 16, 17 and 18 years old, we're very impressionable and we don't really know, mm -hmm. um, you know, how to deal with these things or what our emotions are. So moving forward at this point, um, my mental health gets so bad that my parents don't even let me play, play football my senior year. Um, and I can remember going to school and like just feeling super depressed and almost detached from my body. Um, very dark place. So nonetheless, uh, that summer was actually the first time that I, I started drinking when I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't drinking every night, but I was, when I did drink, I was drinking to get to black out or to get as drunk as I could. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my first, my first dabble with substances and alcohol. Um, it, ironically, my whole life, I was kind of a goody good. I was the kid that was like against it. And I, I never thought, I thought it was bad and that kids who were doing this were, were ridiculous. <laughs> and um, so I, I, you know, I, I go away to college just to play baseball at a small school it wasn't really my, my dream, but they offered me some academic money. So it was kind of like a no brainer. I was like, okay, I'll just go and get some of it paid for. So, um, yeah, go away to school two weeks in, I get Epstein-Barr virus, which is an extreme form of mono. Um, what oh, is that's that? Epstein-Barr Epstein virus. Yeah. What is it exactly? Um, you know, I, I couldn't really break down the science of it, but the way the doctor explained it to me is that it's, it's similar to mono, but just like double the extreme of it. So basically what happened is my throat would swell up um, all the way. And then I would drive home on the weekends and the doctors would give me like antibiotics. Uh, I would be, I'd recover while I was on the antibiotics, but when I would cease them, uh, my throat would swell up and I would be spiking these like 102, 103 fevers. Um, and then, so they had to take my tonsils out. I lost 50 pounds. It took them six months to figure out that it was Epstein-Barr. And then mm -hmm. it turned into about another year of chronic fatigue. Oh, okay. so, Yeah. So mm -hmm. I transfer home at this point. Um, and I'm just planning to go to like a community college and live at home. And I started dabbling with um, steroids and anabolics. I had some friends that were into the fitness scene. They were like, you were an athlete your whole life. Like maybe this could be your new your new thing. Mm. And so like anybody who struggles with, um, whether it be addiction or they just even want to stop substance use, use in general, um, you know, one time turned into three years. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of running this rat race at this point. I get into a nasty relationship and I'm, I'm hanging out with a lot of really toxic people. That relationship turned, um, we were, we were engaged in that relationship turned, um, verbally and emotionally abusive, both, um, with her and I, and with her family as well. And so I, I left at that point. And so, uh, I was always very functional and I started to, um, fill the void with, different activities so that I didn't have to deal with the, with the trauma. Um, so I was holding a high level supervisor position for, for a big company and I was working nights. Um, I was training jujitsu. I was exercising. I was going to school full time and partying and partying hard too, you know, drinking like two bottles of wine a day or, or popping pills. And, um, I ran myself into the ground. One day I woke up and I, I stood up and actually fell back on my bed. I was so dizzy. I, I couldn't even walk. Mm-hmm. Um, I had chills. And so basically I, I quit everything besides my job, which was paying the bills at the time. So this yeah. is where things got really bad. So I would go to work all night. I would come home. I would drink two bottles of wine straight out of the bottle and a bottle of NyQuil um, so that I would sleep all day long. And then I would wake up and I would use other substances to get me through the night, like Coke or um, like amphetamines or anything like that. Anything I could get my hands on to get me through the night. And so I, I, I'm running this cycle and I, I'm becoming suicidally depressed and I, I start to plan how to do it. And, you know, in my darkest moment, I, I used to get down on my hands and knees and ask, ask God to um, like take it away from me or to heal me or to, to give me an insight that I could use moving forward. And, um, in my darkest moment, I, I felt like I, I just had a, you know, an awakening and I, I realized that this could actually be the best thing that ever happened to me and that this could all just be a learning experience. And now I actually, I had the chance to see what I didn't want to be. And Mm -hmm. now I could use those lessons to move myself forward and create a life that I love from that and to make myself um, useful and of service. And it's been the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a story. So since you, you know, got into the the medication and the steroids and all of that, how, how many years was it between then until you kind of hit your rock bottom because I suppose it was a rock bottom moment wasn't it yeah it it took me a a good a good four years so I started at at like 21 and I got sober sometime around 24 24 and a half or so um so I you know I I was able to get off that pretty easily but it was like the alcohol and the, the other drugs. That was, that was the real challenge for me. So mm-hmm. like, actually what I realized is that the, like the steroids was really just a gateway for um, those other substances. Cause yeah. once, you know, maybe this will be a bit graphic, but once you start injecting yourself with drugs, there's really nothing that you won't try. Okay. Um, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty, in my opinion, at least, you know, like, you've kind of pushed the envelope. So it's like, you're, I feel like that kind of opened me up to, to a lot of things that weren't good for me. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how did you go about then changing things? Cause obviously there was this moment when you asked for help from God or whoever, and you said from that moment on, you decided that, you know, you weren't going to put yourself through that anymore. How did you actually do it because there's a big change that happened 
Sure. So, you know, honestly, I, I was super, super fortunate. Um, my family told me that I had to leave um, because they couldn't take it anymore as well. So mm-hmm. I was in this place where I had, I really had no choice. Like I was going to end up homeless basically if mm-hmm. I didn't figure it out as well, which turned out to be a good thing. But I had a mentor and a friend of mine um, and he told me a, quite a while before before I had my, my darkest moment that he was an alcoholic. So I reached out to him mm-hmm. and he was like, He's like, Hey, he's like, this is, he's like, this is awesome. He's like, we, we can do something about this, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went to my first meeting and, um, I got involved with a community of people that could, that could help me. And, and so I don't really subscribe to AA thinking anymore, but it really did help initially. Cause it gave me, um, some people that could really guide me and help me along who understood what I was going through. Yeah. So yeah. I worked the AA steps, but really what, what's kept me sober in the long term is, um, just continually working on myself. So I think like when I initially got sober, you've got to replace those old habits with new ones. Exactly. So, it's, you know, cause you, you, a lot of times you, you get sober and you're like, Hmm, what do I do now instead of yeah. drinking or using? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I started doing things like meditating or, or journaling. Um, mm-hmm. I started exercising or eating better. And I started actually using um, a lot of that time as an opportunity to learn how to heal. So like, I would read like about exercise and nutrition and I, I started just trying things. Um, and slowly over time, I, I chipped away at it and I kind of created my own system, which I now use in my coaching practice. Um, and that, that's really been the, the biggest thing. So I think it's all about self-care and eventually yeah. you can get to a point where you're so far, far beyond it, where um, you become okay with just being kind of like alone and being with yourself. Um, but I think initially, like really replacing those old habits with the new ones is, is really important in that, that first 30, 60, 90 days, maybe even six months. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Mm. I'm similar in the sense that when I stopped drinking, it was like, okay, I'm not going to drink now no matter what. But then it was like, hmm, what am I going to do instead? Mm-hmm. So you have to find other things to do. For me, in the beginning, I don't know about you, but it was just getting through like wine o'clock or beer o'clock in my case. Um, so I had to find something to do at that particular time to change that habit first. And then, you know, once I managed that, then I would move on to something else. So it was, I suppose, changing things like one habit at a time, one behavior at a time, one thought at a time. Um, so what would you say to people who are kind of listening? Oh, <clears throat> my voice company. Um, oh, it's hay fever season here. So he <laughs> um, was thinking, okay, you know, do I have to meditate? Do I have to start eating better? Do I have to do exercise? Do I have to journal? Because it sounds like, a lot I mean I've done all of those things I do all of those things but did you jump into that straight away or did you take it slowly and figure things out uh you know I think there's an element of both and I think that when you first get sober I I think that it's it's really natural to feel that anxiety so anxiety Mm -hmm. is what happens um when we think we have to accomplish it all right now yeah. And so just surrendering to the process. So I've got like my five, five things. So at the top, um, I call it my five tenets of health. And so I look at it almost like a tree. So at the top is, is like 
the, um, the person's goals or the dreams, like who do you want to be? And then there's five branches that come down from that. So there's, um, I call it fuel or nutrition, um, exercise or movement. Um, you can, you need to make sure that you're rest. Like, are you getting enough sleep? Yeah. Do you have like a holistic or a spiritual practice, whether it be like prayer or meditation or even journaling could fall under that category. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not religious and that's totally fine. And then the, the last one, uh, is relationships. Like, do you have relationships that lift you up instead of pull you down? And so from there, what you do is you kind of, you evaluate and you figure out, um, like which ones do you feel like you need to work on first? So everybody's a little bit different and their trauma lies in different aspects and areas of that tree. So like maybe somebody needs to work on cultivating better relationships in their life. So maybe we focus on that and just focus on one thing at a time. So like if I was going to coach somebody, if they wanted to fix their nutrition and their rest, I'd say, okay, you're getting six hours of sleep at night. Like for the next four weeks, how can we get seven hours of sleep? Mm-hmm. Um, or if we're going to do nutrition, like, okay, let's look at what you're eating. You're eating once a day. Okay. Let's just try twice a week for the next four weeks. And so what happens is you start, start working on yourself and you just surrender to the process. You focus on one thing at a time. Um, it's not sexy. You know, everybody wants the, wants the answer, uh, right now. And the honest truth is that you kind of just have to have to embrace the process and, and learn as you go. But if you can stick it out, you know, 12, 18 months, two years from now, you could be a totally different person. If you just focus on fixing or improving one thing in your life every single month. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And you're right. What you said about, you know, it's not, it's not sexy. It's not like a magic solution to everything. It, it's going back to basics, really. You mentioned self-care earlier on, and I know self-care, people are like, oh, self-care, well, you know, but it is important. And I think if you take a moment and listen to your body and your heart and your soul, then you can really figure out what you need to work on whether that be sleep, relationships, nutrition, or whatever. Because I think deep down, we all know what it is that we really need. And sometimes, you know, if somebody says, well, you need to eat better, or you need to sleep more, it's like, oh, is, is that it? I thought it was going to be more complex than that, or more magical than that. But really, I think, and tell me if you agree, it's the small things that make the biggest difference because if you start small if you surrender like you said then it's more sustainable isn't it you can just keep taking baby step after baby step until you're right you look back in 18 months two years and you are it, it well maybe not a different person but you are the person who you're meant to be yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I think like just moving into like more of a, like a contemplative mindset is, is really important as well. Like, you know, that's been my biggest tool. And, and I, so like I would sit, I used to sit when I first got sober and um, just look out the window. And I used to ask myself, like, what do I actually think about the circumstances of my life? Like, who do I want to be? What if I could accomplish what I 
you know, my next goal. Mm-hmm. So when you, I think when you make those, those kinds of shifts in your, in your thinking, you can really start to just, just chip away at things. And then also like you could jump in, you know, you, if you try to make radical change too quickly, um, what I find is a lot of times doors get shut on us in life. So like mm-hmm. you'll try so hard to make something work. Um, and it, it just, it may not work out and that's okay. So if you start small, what it does is it actually enables you to evolve over time. Um, and if you listen to your body and you listen to your mind and your heart, it'll guide you in, in the right direction. Cause everybody, there's no cookie cutter program. That's going to fix a certain no. individual. Um, everybody's a little bit different and has different needs and situations. So, um, just starting small, giving yourself permission to fail because you're going to fail mm-hmm. and know that that's okay. And then just look at those little failure failures as a learning experience. You can just ask yourself, okay, what can I learn from this? and then move into the next direction. And slowly over time, it'll evolve. And it won't always be fun and comfortable no. um, and, and blissful, but you'll you'll get there. And it's it's a really special experience when you do. And I believe it's, it's there for everybody if you want it. Yeah, I agree with that as well. It totally is. And you're right as well. There's no kind of one size fits all. We have to figure out well, we have to figure it out for ourselves, you know, what works for me probably hasn't worked for you. And, you know, the same goes for everybody else, Mm -hmm. but it is about being open. And I like what you said at the start about having the willingness just to try because, you know, you can't fail. Not really. If you're trying, Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. Um, So how does your life, your everyday life, how does that differ now from when you were in that dark place? What have you been able to achieve, accomplish, and what is your kind of daily life look like? Yeah, my daily life right now is, I mean, I'm, I'm packed from sun up to sundown. And it's yeah. not that I'm always working, but I'm always working on myself. So um, over the last, I, I just started small when I initially got sober and I, I went to um, uh, a gym around here and I started working just 12 hours a week mm-hmm. and I just slowly started accumulating more and more duties. And then they, they, um, gave me an opportunity to move into a, a personal training role. And, um, uh, I've just, I, I didn't plan for it, but I, I've let it, I've just let it naturally evolve. And now I have my own personal training, like full, full-time clientele that I work with. Wow. Um, so five days a week, I'm, I'm doing that full-time. I'm, I'm up early grinding it out or late in the evening grinding it out with clients. Um, and then in my free time, I, I spend most of my time um, doing self-care, um, mm-hmm. working on my life coaching business, um, getting in contact with people as far as that goes. Um, a lot of meditation, a lot of journaling, a lot of reading. Um, and, and really what's most important to me is like, I just try to make sure that I'm, I'm useful and that I'm of service to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of my life really, really depressed and, um, feeling detached and and like I didn't fit in. And, um, I I think that if we want to like feel good and, and have good self-esteem and and feel good about how we go about our lives, we have to have actions that match that or align with that. So I always try to, um, just make sure every day that I'm I'm showing up and, and doing the best that I can. Um, and then I just, I just let everything else go. I, I don't need to know everything. I don't need to control everything. Um, I just try to try to embrace each day and make the most of it and, 
and try to love the best that I can. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job of just being, just letting things unfold and living your life in alignment. As you say, I think it does come down to that. You know, a question I asked myself was, is this really who I am? Is this really how I want to live? And actually, mm-hmm. no, it wasn't. Um, I didn't quite know back then what I wanted to do, how I wanted to live, but it wasn't what I was currently doing. And I think there's a lot to be said for just taking it slowly, taking it day by day, moment by moment, if you have to, and just seeing where life takes you, I suppose, as long as you are always thinking about what you want, not you know, where you were. It's mm-hmm. for me it's about changing it around because as we said, there's a lot of shame and stigma surrounding sobriety, just get a bit of a bad name. But if you can always change it round and make the focus positive like you have, then it just make it more of a joyful journey, even when it's difficult and you know, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, honestly, I, I think the biggest mistake that I see people make is um, they are they are starting to do the work and they're starting to get in touch with, you know, who they want to be or where they want to go. Um, and maybe they get clear on that, but they wait for it. And I think what you have to do is you have to take conscious action in the direction of your dream. I, I think that that's super important. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of people wait for it to come to them and so just move forward and go for it that's what i would say take that take that leap of faith um because it's it's not the perfect anything isn't coming um you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go get it and and put some effort in exactly yeah i mean it's one thing being open to the universe or whatever and surrendering but at the same time nothing is just going to fall on your lap without you putting a bit of effort in and it does take effort to change a behavior that you've been doing for so long mm-hmm. um there's a really nice quote i can't remember who it's by um and it's like you know if you want if you want to see big changes then you have to change something big or something like that basically if you want things to change then you have to change or at least put the effort in to start changing um it's like you know nothing changes if nothing changes you can't expect to suddenly magically be this version of yourself without putting a little bit of effort in um you know maybe people don't want to hear that but but it's true i didn't get sober by accident you didn't get sober by accident we had to do something about it Mm-hmm. which is important you know you have to do something about it and you can do something about it um and you find your way of doing that thing however you manage to do it yeah yeah and honestly i i think breaking breaking addictions and habits is one of the most difficult things you can do mm-hmm. um but it actually can be can be kind of fun if you allow it to be um, because it's really cool. Like that first time when, when you break, when you have like a breakthrough, just yeah. like that feeling is like, Whoa, like this is possible for me. Yeah. So like, um, you know, for me, it's like, 
if I wanted to go and, and have a drink that, you know, that first time that I attempted to get sober, if I wanted to break my sobriety, like just, just to pause and to say, stop, like my brain is just telling me the story. Mm-hmm. And then just to kind of sit with it for a second and to move on, you've just really created a, a whole new, um, and I'm no neuroscientist, but like a whole new pathway in your brain yeah. that, that says, oh, like we can do something different here. And, exactly. and so just knowing that, like that, that's really powerful for people. So I, I like to sometimes when, um, cause I've got an addictive personality so I can get stuck on doing things. I'll just stop and I'll sit with things and I'll just wait and I'll, I'll identify like the story that my mind is telling me mm-hmm. and then I'll just move forward and make a different choice in the direction that I do want to go. And the emotions that are associated with that are, are really powerful because you, you just start to realize you're not actually bound by the stories that your brain and body are always telling you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it feels good, doesn't it? When you get through a situation where previously you wouldn't have been able to get through it, when you make that different choice, it, mm-hmm. it does feel really good yeah Um, so just before we go what would you say to our listeners right now what one piece of advice would you give them if they are thinking yes I need to change what would you say to them sure the first thing I would say would be one um give yourself permission permission to fail permission to be authentic permission to try new things and Give yourself permission to live your fullest, happiest, and healthiest life. The second thing I would say would be to reach out for help. It takes more strength to ask for help than it does to not. Mm -hmm. So I would reach out and and whether it be getting a coach like somebody like myself or trying an AA meeting, there's a lot of options out there, but just get some help because sometimes when you're first starting out and especially if you have a lot of trauma, like I did, you need somebody to love you until you can love yourself. Yeah. So just having somebody who can guide you, who's been there and, and help you navigate the space. Um, I think that that's really powerful. And number three is just surrender to it and allow yourself to evolve over time. Start small and, um, you know, just, just embrace each phase. Don't look at each phase as if, if you fail or if you fall off track, don't look at it like, you know, like a downfall or like there's something wrong with you just know that there's a lesson in that and then you just moving forward from there and and allow it to happen over time and make it fun like the best you can try to enjoy each phase of life we're here to love and and enjoy our time so that's that's the best advice I can give somebody yeah oh thank you it is such such good advice um so i'm gonna put all of your information in the show notes you're on facebook and instagram um so if anybody wants to learn more about you or contact you or you know anything else then get go to the show notes i'll put a link in there as well so you can contact alex or learn more about him so thank you it's been a pleasure um a lovely uplifting to my afternoon so thank you yes thank you so much and for everybody listening if you want to get in touch with me you can find me again on facebook that's alex bales b-a-l-e-s um, or you can find me on instagram which is sober fit alex um, and even if you don't want to do some coaching with me if you just want to talk and, and chat and get in touch and say hey you know i heard you on the podcast and i really enjoyed it i would be just so grateful to hear from you so 
Um, thank you to all your listeners. Thank you, um, Gail, for having me on. I, I greatly appreciate it so much. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.